Who do you want to be as a leader? What are the blind spots you're missing? If you had a magic wand and you could change anything about your workplace, what would you do with it? These are the kinds of questions we explore on Inspirational Leadership. I'm your host, Kristen Harcourt. I'm a keynote speaker, emotional intelligence coach, and leadership trainer who partners with executives and emerging leaders who want to achieve extraordinary results for themselves and their organizations. You're in the right place if you're ready to cultivate the self-awareness to be the leader you were born to be. Let's go on this journey together. Welcome to Inspirational Leadership. I'm your host, Kristen Harcourt, and I'm excited for another conversation with you today on the podcast. Today is going to be a solo episode, and I'm going to be focusing on talking more about growth mindset, how you can adopt a growth mindset, and the differences between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. This is something that shows up all the time in coaching, training, speaking, um, when I'm supporting individuals and leaders, and I thought it would be really important for us to dig into today. So let's start off by, first of all, getting a little bit more background on where did growth mindset come from? So over 30 years ago, Carol Dweck and her colleagues became interested in students' attitudes about failures. They noticed that some students rebounded while other students seemed devastated by even the smallest setbacks. After studying the behavior of thousands of children, uh, Dr. Dweck coined the terms fixed mindset and growth mindset to describe the underlying beliefs people have about learning and intelligence. When students believe they can get smarter, they understand that effort makes them stronger, Therefore, they put in extra time and effort, and this leads to higher achievement. So recent advances in neuroscience has shown us that the brain is far more malleable than we ever knew. Research on brain plasticity has shown how connectivity between neurons can change with experience. With practice, neural networks grow new connections, strengthen existing ones, and build insulation that speeds transmission of impulses. This all sounds very scientific. Uh, This is why I'm reading this part. These neuroscientific discoveries have shown us that we can increase our neural growth by the actions we take, such as using good strategies, asking questions, practicing and following good nutrition and sleep habits. So I love this work that Carol Dweck has done. I'm a, um, a big fan of her book. Her book is called mindset. It goes into all of this and she was really focused uh, for on students and what was going on in schools. But of course, all of this information, everything that she learned in her research and applying this to students, because she was in this field is also a hundred percent applicable to adults as well. When we start to think about adult learning and all of the ways where, um, individuals can get in their way by having a fixed mindset. So I want to expand a little bit more on when we start to think about what are the differences between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset in action? What are some of the statements, language you're using when you're in a fixed mindset? And then what is some of the language that you're using when you're coming from more of a growth mindset? So if we think about some of the language from a fixed mindset, people are saying things like failure is the limit of my abilities. I'm either good at it or I'm a not. So when you're in a fixed mindset, what tends to happen is a lot of that binary thinking. It's either yes or it's no. It's either right or it's wrong, which is very limiting, which is very um, scarce. It's coming from scarcity thinking. So there's this I'm either good or I'm not. My abilities are unchanging. 
right? This is just where I am. There's nothing I can do to change this. This is my set points. Uh, I can either do it or I can't. I don't like to be challenged. My potential is predetermined. When I'm frustrated, I give up. Feedback and criticism are personal. I stick to what I know. So you can see the fixed mindset feels very limiting there. It does not feel expansive. It's either I know how to do it or I don't know how to do it. If I can't do something properly, that means there's something wrong with me at my core. So it's very personalizing things. And it's a place where really, really, really staying in the comfort zone because it's it's um, I'm not going to do anything that might be expanding me out of that comfort zone because that's the unknown. That's super uncomfortable. Whereas when we get into a growth mindset, the the language is shifting. The language is failure is an opportunity to grow. I can learn to do anything I want. Challenges help me grow. My effort and attitude determine my abilities. Feedback is constructive. I'm inspired by the success of others. I like to try new things. You see how the energy feels very, very different here. It's expansive. It's from a place of possibilities. Even when we start to think about failures, it's not that I am a failure. It's that, okay, I tried this strategy. It didn't work so well. Uh, maybe I'm going to do something different the next time around. What's the next iteration going to look like? And of course, anyone who's thinking about doing innovation or creativity and trying to create new things. You cannot do that if you're staying in a fixed mindset. It has to come from a place of a growth mindset because there has to be willingness to make mistakes. There has to be willingness for there to be setbacks. And it's not failure as something that defines you. Failure is, okay, we tried this. It didn't work. I'm sure a lot of you have heard the expression of failing fast. Okay, so what, what are we going to do differently? What did we learn from this? And also, guess what? How did you grow through this? Uh, we become so focused on getting to the destination that we forget that all of the learning and growth actually comes on um, as we're in the process. It comes through the journey of getting to that destination. And that's where you are growing, where you are expanding, where you are uh, seeing things from new perspectives. Uh, and so this is the this is the place that we want to play with more today. What does it look like to really allow yourself to be in more of this growth mindset? So I want to talk a little bit more around what would be some of the strategies to be able to get there to stay in this growth mindset? What are some of the barriers, the blocks that keep you from being in that growth mindset? And how you can start to apply this right now today in your world. So one of the things I try to remember, and uh, I have two kids. So currently I have a, an 11 year old and a 14 year old. They just had birthdays last week. They are born November 9th and 10th. So back-to-back -back birthdays, three years apart. And I get opportunities to watch this in action all the time because they're still in school. My son is in grade six. My daughter is a grade nine. And there have been many times where they are learning something new. So I'm, I'm thinking of my daughter. She's not as big of a fan of, of math. And so when she's in math and she's su suddenly having to learn a brand new concept, um, she would sometimes get really, really frustrated because she wanted to go right from uh, learning the new concept to mastery. And she always wanted to skip the messy middle. She just wanted to, okay, here's the concept. I want to just be able to wave my magic wand. And now I suddenly know how to do it. 
And I would support her with it and help her understand that it's a a brand new concept. You're not supposed to know this perfectly. And the only way that you're going to get better at this is practicing and trying new things. And then when you realize one thing doesn't work, you're going to try another iteration. And eventually through practicing, you're going to get much better at it. And she eventually would start to see and feel that excitement when she got to the other side of it and started to get more of that mastery and started to understand the concept better and recognize that, okay, it wasn't that there was something wrong with her, that she was somehow a failure because she wasn't understanding this new math concept, but that it was going to take time and practice and perseverance and patience to be able to get there. Um, To bring it to from an adult perspective, I mean, this happens with us all of the time. If you think about when you're starting a new job, you have to go through an onboarding experience. You don't get to just all of a sudden be in the new job and immediately understand the role, understand the organization, understand the dynamics, all the different humans you're going to be working with. You have to build relationships. You can't go from A to Z. You have to go A, B, C, D, E and work your way across. What happens, though, is a lot of times there is a lack of compassion, a lack of patience, a lack of understanding or grace for yourself as you are working through those new things. So I can think of so many leaders who get into a new role and they're very impatient with themselves. They want to be able to be up and running and understand everything within the first week. And that's just having very unrealistic expectations. They're having a fixed mindset. So a growth mindset might look like, okay, what, what can I look at and celebrate every day, every week so that I can see my progress? I can notice the small wins that I'm having, but also recognize this is a process. This is going to take time, but being able to slow down and recognize the progress as you are making forward momentum and making movement in the direction you want to make. So I even think about some recent situations for me where this was the case. So uh, I have a new program that I'm running. I got trained on this program. It's called Step Into Your Moxie, um, Speak Up and Influence program. And I love it. It's all about going to organizations, helping uh, individuals to be able to speak up, to be able to use their voice and talk about the things that matter for them, for their organizations, really being able to tap into assertiveness as well as compassion, leading with head and hearts being able to influence others, persuade. I love this program and uh, I got certified on it. Uh, It's been, I think about a year, actually. I think I got certified. I, I did the program exactly a year ago. So in November, 2022, and then I had to do some things to get through the end of the program, got certified in February, 2023, and I delivered it in, um, in October. And I am doing a program that it's the first time I'm running this program. And so, of course, I can't go from being the student and going all the way to mastery. I have to allow myself to be in the process. I have to do the training. And I know my first version of doing the training is not going to be the same as my fifth or my 10th or my 20th. But there's nothing I can do to skip that. I can't all of a sudden just, again, wave the magic wand and all of a sudden I have that competency, I have that comfort, I have that experience um, and be able to feel like that, like feel like I've already done 10 before I've actually done 10. I can't, there's no way to do that. So I have to just keep on reminding myself 
that this is the practice. This is getting out there and doing it. And you're going to have different iterations. And as you start doing the training and doing the program, you're going to find some things work really well. Some things don't work as well. You're going to adjust. You're going to adapt. You're going to sometimes perhaps take certain exercises out, do the exercises at a a different time, you might notice certain cues you're going to use. Um, there might be certain questions that you ask are a little bit differently that you do differently, how you set up exercises, all of that kind of stuff. You create those different versions and new iterations as you get in it. And as you actually experiential experientially get to do the program, get to do it. And so I had to remind myself, even as I'm preparing for it, of course, I spent many, many hours practicing, uh, being able to do all of the exercises, bring in different stories, practice those stories, which is again, not the same thing as actually being with the group, but I has, I had to have a lot of self-compassion, a lot of grace, a lot of really positive self-talk and recognize those times that I was getting impatient. That's okay. It's normal. Um, and when frustration shows up, that's normal as well. But how am I supporting myself when those things happen, right? So when you are going into that fixed mindset and recognizing that you are struggling, it's normal. It's normal to struggle when you're in that messiness. It can feel vulnerable. It feels super uncomfortable when you're hitting your growth edges. You're hitting those growth edges and you're learning a new skill and you don't feel confident anymore. And you know what that looks like when you feel like the expert and there's a very strong confidence that comes with that. And so you don't have your footing in the same way. You don't feel grounded in the same way. So it really is super important that you are speaking very loving and kindly to yourself when that's happening. Um, so we want to become really, really, really aware of that self-talk. So when there are times where you're noticing the inner critic is showing up, that you are being really hard on yourself, that you're speaking, that voice in your head is speaking to you in a way that you would never speak to somebody else. Even just thinking about, you don't have to have kids, but even just thinking about if a kid was struggling, you know, a, a baby even is learning how to walk. You wouldn't get mad at that baby that they're falling over when they're trying to start walking. You'd be like, there you go. Yay. Like, keep on trying. You're getting there. You're doing it. Um, you would be so supportive. You'd be getting excited for them um, because that baby is just learning a new skill. Or when you see kids in, and they're in school and they're learning how to read, they're learning the alphabet, or as they get more advanced, they're learning algebra and geometry or learning more complex subjects, you wouldn't say to them, well, like, what's your problem? You should know this already. And this is ridiculous. And you should be ashamed of yourself or all of that kind of stuff. You wouldn't be shaming them. So being aware of that and not shaming yourself either as you are learning new skills. Um, I also would say it's really important to adopt a growth mindset and be able to stay in that is you are showing up from a place of curiosity when you are struggling, noticing, okay, what's happening here? Maybe it's that I'm exhausted. I'm really tired. It's been a long day. And this new skill that I'm trying to work on, maybe this isn't the best time to do it. So if I'm working on this training and I'm wanting to get more confident in it and I want to practice it, it probably isn't the best idea to start practicing it at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night after I've had a busy work day, after I've then gone home and gone into mom mode and had all of those responsibilities, I'm not going to be able to show up 
as well. I'm not going to be able to be as likely to show up with the growth mindset when those kinds of things are already working against me. So you're much more likely to be able to adopt the growth mindset and be able to see things from that perspective when you are in a better place in terms of your battery is charged, right? When your battery is very low, you're much more likely to default to your, uh, your default patterns. And when the stress is showing up, you're not going to be as likely to show up as your most resourceful self and be able to have that growth mindset much more likely to get into a fixed mindset. So what can you do proactively to make yourself more, um, more resilience when these things are happening, right? You're the student, you know, it's going to be messy. you know, it's going to be more difficult. you know, you're going to be feeling more challenged, What are you doing to take really good care of yourself through that? Are you making sure you're getting enough sleep? Are you getting exercise? Are you eating healthy? Are you doing other things that are very soul filling for you that get you right into that, um, the the right headspace and energy? Looking for ways to stretch yourself and get outside of your comfort zone, I think is really important to you. If you want to continue to develop this growth mindset, part of that is looking for ways to be able to stretch yourself, to be able to see what are those growth edges for you. And of course, this is going to be unique for all of us. So some of my clients might say, you know what, I really want to build my public speaking skills. So that might look like letting your boss know, I want to be able to have more speaking opportunities. So when things show up, I would, I'm putting my hand up here and letting you know, uh, but you might be your, that what you might be working on could look different. It could be, you know, you're someone who's more likely to avoid conflict. And so you're noticing anytime a difficult conversation shows up and you're noticing that you're getting into that space of avoiding it, instead of allowing yourself to get into the fixed mindset, you're going to move into the growth mindset and you're going to be able to reinforce that you can do this. You can do hard things, but what does that look like for you? What are, what are those ways that you want to get out of your comfort zone? So for me earlier this year, as a speaker, I'm always wanting to to continue to build my skills. And so I took a step back and I really asked myself, like if I drill down on the different areas of speaking, where do I feel most called to be able to spend some time and grow one of those edges. And what showed up for me when I created some time and space to ask myself those questions and reflect was I really love storytelling and I would like to take storytelling to the next level. So then I looked in to see what potential courses and training was available. And I've always been a fan of second city. I've done improv before, and I found that they had a storytelling class. So I did their uh, seven week storytelling program. I actually just finished this. So I did it in September and October. I loved it. It was so good. It was three hours every Saturday, met an amazing group of people, um, completely stretched myself in that just looking at storytelling from a different perspective. Their faculty is amazing. They're all people who are our, our screenwriters, they're actors, they're performers. So they're out there doing it, um, highly creative And to be able to just think about things in a different way, like, okay, I haven't really gone, I really haven't taken a step back and analyze, you know, what's happening in a movie and what are all of those different things and components that go into creating a really, really compelling story. And so I was able, I was able to learn more about it from an educational intellectual perspective, but then also be able to do it in a more applied way and then do a story, share a story with an audience at the end of the the program and the training. 
And so great example of me saying, okay, if I'm being in a growth mindset, what am I doing to challenge myself and to continue to grow? And we are all wired to learn and grow. We want to reach our potential. We want to be able to um, experience new ways of seeing the world. And so if you're not, um, if you're not consistently setting goals for yourself and having those stretch, those, um, those stretch goals, you're not going to feel that it feels much meaning and fulfillment in your life. And again, these don't have to be huge, <laughs> right? The goal could be, you know what? I've always wanted to do yoga and I'm going to try some yoga classes, or I've always been curious about Zumba and I'm going to do Zumba or kickboxing or try running. And I think I, I I'm deliberately bringing up exercise because I think for so long people saw this one version of what it looked like to exercise. And that was going to the gym and having this gym routine. And we realize now that there's not one version and what is going to be motivating and keep somebody consistent for one person is very different for another. And some people, they even just notice once they've been doing something for a while, it starts to become more stagnant and they need to try something something new. So just giving yourself some time and space and asking yourself, what are some of those stretch goals? What are some things that you would like to do that are getting you out of your comfort zone? Of course, these are goals that are important and matter to you, not other people's goals, not shoulds. <laughs> We've talked before on the podcast about shoulds. This is not about goals that I should do my MBA or I should do my PhD or I should do my master's. If you're feeling inspired to do any of those things, uh, go for it. I 100% support that. But not if you're doing it because you think it's a should. I'm just re- I'm thinking of a friend recently that was thinking in terms of from her credentials that it would be great for her to have a PhD. But that's what was driving it. What was driving her getting a PhD was not because she felt inspired to go back to school, that there was a particular subject or program or theme that felt really interesting to her and she wanted to really dive into it. What was really driving it was that she wanted to feel like she was measuring up and through getting a PhD and having those credentials, it might open up more opportunities. That's not going to keep, that's not going to keep you going um, in a very intensive program if that's what's driving it. So really asking yourself goals that get you excited still might feel scary, um, but get you excited. And let's remember to really reframe failure. It's not you that is a failure when something doesn't work. It's the strategy, what you were doing didn't work now. Okay. What are you going to do differently next time? But it's not you, the human. And so that's what happens so often. And that's where people start to feel shame and embarrassment and a whole bunch of other emotions when they start to personalize that something they did didn't work. And they somehow the human that they are unworthy and they don't measure up and they failed. And that is not what failure is about. And looking to get feedback from others, really uh, recognizing if there's ways that you want to grow and develop, the best way of doing that is asking others, you know, what am I doing really well? Where do you see opportunities for growth for me? If you could say what I do well, and what I don't do as well, what you see is some of those growth edges, asking them for that feedback that can be from family, friends, people that you really trust um, within your workplaces. Um, but that that's a great place for you to even say to them, you know, one of the things I'm noticing is in certain situations, I can get into more of a fixed mindset. 
and I'm really trying to get more into a growth mindset. Can you let me know those moments where you see me shutting down or getting defensive or not seeming as open or as flexible? Because quite often it's not across the board. It might be certain situations where you might feel like you get more into a fixed mindset and having others reflect it back to you and saying, Hey, let me know when you see me getting into more of that fixed mindset um, is a great way for your, you're watching for it and noticing when you get into that, but also having others reflect it back to you. You know, I, I, you were talking about something and then they say, you know, I notice as we're talking about this right now, and I'm sharing this, this new possibility, it feels like you're getting into a fixed mindset. It feels like you're not being very flexible. You're not necessarily hearing what I say. Or they can also be reflecting back some of your language, right? When they, they're hearing you say, I can't do this and there's no point and I suck or whatever it may be. But when that kind of language is being used and you're saying it out loud, they can reflect back to you. It sounds like you're really getting into a fixed mindset. What would it look like to shift into a growth mindset right now? The beauty with all of this, with neuroscience, is we know you can have a whole bunch of behavior patterns and you might've been doing them for many, many, many years, but that does not mean like it needs to stay like that forever. You can create new neural pathways. You can create new uh, behaviors, new patterns, new ways of thinking, new ways of approaching things until the day you die. It's not like, okay, I've been doing this for the last 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. This is just the way it is. I even hear this sometimes in organizations where I hear them talking about a leader and them just saying, well, they're not going to change now. There's no point. Sure. That person might be saying that individual might say, I'm not open to changing. I'm not willing to change. I don't want to change. Sure. Then the change isn't going to happen. You can't force change on anyone, but I want everyone to, to really hear me saying you can all change at any point. It's just making a choice and allowing yourself to, to create some new patterns I'm not saying it won't be uncomfortable. Of course it will, because you have ingrained patterns you've been using for many, many years, but you can absolutely change at any point. I can tell you many, many, many leaders who have gone in completely different directions from career path perspective. I always love the story of a, a gentleman that I met um, when I was in Niagara in the lake and he was, uh, he was one of the chefs and he was standing there and, and preparing the food and he just the look on his face, he just had this big smile on his face and he just looked so happy and excited to be there and doing the work that he was doing. And I just said, wow, like how long have you been a chef? It really looks like you're enjoying what you're doing. And he said, yeah, I absolutely love what I'm doing, but this is a brand new career for me. I was a plant manager. I worked within a plant for many years and I had always wanted to be a chef. And I, I got the opportunity when our plant had a fire and it closed down and I got let go from my position. And I told myself, you know what, this is the time I'm going to go back to school and do culinary school. And guess how old he was when this happened? Yeah. In his seventies. He went back to chef school when he was 70, I believe it was 70 or 72. And when I was talking to him and having this conversation, he was 73 years old. So anyone saying to themselves, oh, it's too late. I already have these very ingrained patterns. Absolutely not. You can change at any time. I hope that this conversation has been helpful for you. 
as always, I love to hear from you. Let me know what resonated most. If you thought that this was a, um, a very enticing and inspiring podcast episode, please share with others. And as always, it's really, really helpful if you do your ratings on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that just helps to get the podcast in front of more people. So I always appreciate that. And I love to hear from my podcast listeners. So please do not hesitate to get in touch, especially if you also have any questions, if you want to learn more about how I can potentially partner with you and your organization. Uh, I do a lot of work around executive and leadership coaching, doing training, leadership training. As I mentioned, I, I, I really love the step into step into your Moxie program that I'm now delivering, but I also do a lot of work around emotional intelligence, helping leaders to really build that muscle, build that school, that skill, um, as well as keynote speaking. Or if you're an individual who's looking to get support for yourself when it comes to some of these areas and having individual coaching, always happy to have a conversation as well. As always, wherever you are in the world, I am saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sending you tons of love. Bye-bye. Please remember that meaningful change requires space and grace. Practice self-compassion and become the ripple. As you transform yourself, you transform your workplace and the people around you. 